0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello. Thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. What would you do to improve traffic and transport in Gibraltar? John Cortez is now the Minister for Traffic and Transport, and he wants to gather views and ideas on how we can improve the way that we move around the rock. You can email your views or ideas to transport.ideas at gibraltar.gov.gi. That email address for you is transport.ideas at gibraltar.gov.gi. John Cortez says all suggestions will be considered, so it's your chance to influence the way that we move around Gibraltar. John Cortez was in the studio with me answering your questions. But first, GBC was in town to get your feedback on what direction you'd like GBC Television and Radio Gibraltar to take. James Nish took over as chief executive just over a year ago and he has already carried out one audience survey which has influenced changes here at GBC and now he's doing it a second time. He joined us from outside Parliament.
1: Jonathan, good afternoon and a pleasure to be honouring the promise we made a year ago when we launched our public consultation exercise and we said we'll come back in a year. To see whether you think we've listened enough, but to see whether the changes that we're promising are translating into real audience figures, viewers and listeners. And it's just great to see so many people, especially coming down to the piazza today because they want to have their say. We're very, what, very grateful. For that. What are they saying, James? Uh, Mixed bag, uh, very, very positive comments and some constructive criticism as well. Um, Just because we are talking on Gibraltar today, you will be very pleased, Jonathan. A huge support and great engagement with Gibraltar today and very, very positive feedback with the changes. And I think that's what's important for us. We, you know, what Gibraltar today is, what, eight months old? It's not a year old yet. Uh, A lot of the changes that we brought in were done in March. Of this year and I think it's very easy to get accustomed to those changes and to forget about the great work that everybody is doing at Broadcasting House and I think that what the people are telling us here just reflects that they appreciate that work that that work is being noted and that the changes are being embraced by people as a community. And that's just, like I say, absolutely great.
0: So you're, you're, you're talking um, or, or seeking feedback generally on what direction people would like radio and television to take going forward. But in particular, if people have any views on changes that have been introduced in the past six, nine months, you'd like to hear what those views are.
1: Yes, and it's very gratifying to hear people say, you know, or come to us face to face or because there are questions in the survey. You know, the changes that we feel have been most important for GBC and like I say, the changes that I think I'm proudest of are the changes that people are noticing. So the Gibraltar Today launch, the hourly summaries on radio, the weekend summaries and new summaries on Radio Gibraltar, our new TV weather presented by meteorologists, the archive programming, GBC Rewind and Flashback. So you know, when we look at the changes and we talk internally about how proud we are of them, it's just great to note and to hear from the general public that they are noticing it too.
0: And you said constructive feedback. Can I push you to point
1: to some of the areas for improvement? You can, because it's really, really interesting that it's almost like one woman came up to me and said, look, we're really nitpicking here. But, for example, let me just tell you uh, some of them. Some spelling and punctuation mistake on some of our stories. And we know that sometimes, you know, we are against the clock. We're trying to push out many different things. And sometimes, you know, a few spelling mistakes slip into our socials. So that's something that people have perhaps- Fair heard. enough, Yeah. When I say people, two or three, you know, these are individuals pointing out things. Uh, somebody uh, really likes viewpoint, thinks viewpoint should be longer. You know, that's that's just really welcome. So, you know, even when it's constructive criticism, It's not like anybody's coming to us and saying, like, oh, you know, this is not working or that's not working. So like I say, they are very, very minor points. You know, maybe somebody wants a little bit more sport. Somebody wants a little bit more news. And I think it's about one of the things that I've been talking to our staff here. It's about identifying trends and general conversations. If one or two people are telling us, you know, we would like more classical music, for example, you know it's difficult to please everybody all the time but this is about identifying general trends and hmm. generally It's all very, very positive.
0: Okay, and um, we have had our reporter, Kevin Rees, if you could stay on the line, James, but uh, our reporter, Kevin Rees, has been down there uh, asking people uh, on Main Street, because you're just outside the piazza, just outside Parliament, uh, what their thoughts are, and this is what they had to say.
2: It keeps you up to date. You've got to, because otherwise you don't know nothing. If it went for GBC then you don't know nothing. You've always got to have the station on. I'm glad that they're not showing the, the series, the foreign series anymore, no? I believe they're not, I haven't seen. I'm glad, porque en verdad, who's going to tune into to GBC to watch something like that, so it's much better to have locally produced uh, programmes. Not often, not really. In, if it's news, maybe, but not often. More the radio than the TV. I,
3: I normally watch the, the news, but uh, sometimes, uh, obviously, in the in the vehicle, I, I I listen to the radio as well.
0: So some interesting comments there, James, from members of the public that have been speaking to uh, our team on Main Street, uh, and uh, we've been hearing that uh, people want local. First and foremost, uh, that there is definitely a role for the informational uh, aspect and role that GBC plays because there is also the entertainment side, but uh, there's one listener there uh, emphasising the importance of uh, in- keeping the public informed. And we also heard uh, about uh, you know radio and we know how, how, how powerful... A medium radio is because it can you can carry it with you wherever you want and and listen to radio pretty much whenever you know regardless of what what you're doing
1: yes i'm really really pleased with uh, the comments in that box Bob. i hadn't heard it before Uh, you played it right now and just great to hear that people very much matching what we think is our direction of travel and you know that I've said for, from day one that local is our unique selling point, that that's where our efforts and our resources would go. In fact, I think there's a woman there who has identified that we've actually cut down and stripped back on the number of imported programs because we've bumped up their local programming a week on television by about two and a half hours on average every single week. And you know, that was done by somebody without being prompted. And I think that is the positives of this exercise. Like you said, you hit that. That it's a mixed bag, isn't it? But generally, very positive.
0: Okay, excellent. And uh, and to the extent that there is constructive feedback, uh, just finally, you're collecting that with an audience survey, and it'll inform policy for GBC and Radio Gibraltar for the coming months.
1: Yes, exactly, and it'll give us a chance to also like-for-like compare where we were a year ago with the results from that survey, and that's just going to inform even more our direction of travel, whether it confirms that we feel we're on the right path or whether some other changes need to come in, but it's just uh, more about understanding the trends and needs of the community as it stands today.
0: On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. What would you do to improve traffic and transport in Gibraltar? Minister John Cortez wants to gather views and ideas on the way forward and uh, joins us now at Broadcasting House. Good afternoon, uh, Mr Cortez. Hi. How are you and, and, and why is this uh, an important area for you to, to tackle You know, just weeks into your... <laughs> (laughs) A new four-year term.
4: Uh, I'm okay, thanks. Uh, Well, it's an important area for the whole community. Um, Traffic and transport are huge uh, in the scope. It affects everybody. Uh, whether you drive, you cycle, you walk, uh, or commercially you operate vehicles, large or small. So it's something that affects all of us. Uh, it's very complex. There are lots of different opinions. Uh, and here I am going to try and sort out as much as I can. Good on you. Um, OK, so
0: we, we've got a, a number of questions, so let's just go straight in. Some of them coming in from our listeners.
3: Uh, this one is from Sven. Sven. While our live tracker is helpful, it doesn't serve everyone at the bus stop level. My proposal is simple. Display an estimated travel time from the start station to each stop. So for instance, bus number 3, 7 minutes after leaving referendum, bus number 2, 10 minutes post marketplace departure. Please note, the times may adjust for traffic. This tweak would uh, greatly assist tourists who may not be familiar with our live tracker. And then even for the busiest routes. Why not install a monitor displaying live updated arrival times the same way we do for the live tracker? This small change could make a big difference in making our public transport more user-friendly
0: and efficient. Thank you, Sven. A question for the Minister for Transport and Traffic, Paul, uh, not no longer Paul, Valban, John Cortez. Sorry, Mr. Cortez. Yeah, my beard's not quite that long. <laughs> no, your beard isn't anywhere near as long.
4: <laughs> anywhere near. Um, no, so, no, so ever shall be.
0: The, the, question, <laughs> <laughs> the question about better information yeah. at bus stops.
4: Yeah, I, I think information at bus stops is really important. Obviously, we've come a long way from where we were just a decade ago when none of this was available. Technology has moved on. Um, I, I want to review all. Of this, I think one thing I have to say is that it is important, uh, as you know, we've put out an email address, it is important that people should send their comments there. Obviously, everything that that I hear today, we'll make note of. We can uh, forward it. We can forward please, it. Please, because email. because yeah. the thing is, people often uh, post on social media, and only today there's been exchanges on Twitter. But these aren't always monitored, so it is important that you can put them on social media. Nobody's trying to stop you, but please do email them. Um, on this particular one, yes, I, I I want to review the whole question of, of buses. I, I get a lot of feedback. Um, we've had over sixty uh, responses to that email address, by the way. And some of them refer to similar issues like this, Uh, talk about bus routes and there's talk about uh, school time buses and so on. I I need to, uh, it's only been three and a half weeks, I need to assemble all of this in my head and talk to the teams. But I think there is uh, room for improvement along the lines that this uh, contributor has made and and certainly we're going to have uh, a look at all of this. OK, Lottie thinks that uh, adding
0: a bus route uh, via Queensway would be really useful. I think it uh, follows uh, Patrick's comment which says he's trying to reduce his family's reliance on their car Uh, Patrick is a parent who uses a pram cycling is therefore not a realistic option Uh, he doesn't feel he can rely on the current bus system as there's often no space for the pram have you considered the possibility of introducing more buses so that they can arrive at each bus stop more frequently as Patrick thinks they do in the UK Uh, and uh, if you were able to do that Patrick thinks you'd present it, it would present an upfront cost but it would likely lead to a reduced number of cars on our roads in the long term and uh, I would think then an improvement to our public health and therefore possibly uh, you know, the health authority ultimately being less expensive.
4: Yeah, I I agree. Um, yes, obviously this is all being considered, but as I say, it's still early days, and I need to look at everything. I need to look at, at what the bus routes are doing and talk to the team, which I'm doing already. Um, and and see the costs involved. But I do agree. Uh, I I have nothing against people owning cars, but I would like to see, and I think everybody should w- would agree with this: cars uh, uh, safely stored away off the road and used as little as possible. Um, and therefore. It's a good problem to have that buses are full because it means people are using them, but we have to respond to that. And I completely get the fact that if there's a pram or a buggy or, or a wheelchair user, they're not going to be able to cycle and we have to offer uh, increased public transport. So I'm, I'm with him on that. Um, I just need to see what I can do in order to achieve that. All right, we've got a
0: question. I think it's about one-way roads and it's from Priscilla.
4: The less roads
2: there are, there are more concentration of traffic on the road, therefore more pollution. Go give you only got Queensway or Linewall to go north or south, that's where you go. So when something bad happens that pasa an accident in any of those two roads, entonces ya sean lío because all artery roads are closed. One way systems for example, before you want, you were coming from Midtown and you wanted to go to Morrison, you just cut across there. Or now you've got to go to the roundabout and go round the post office parcel post and then go back again on yourself to go to Morrison. So what's happening is that when just a, a little accident happens, everything is congested. The less roads and the more one-way systems, the more congested the
0: roads are. Priscilla's question about the resilience of our roads, or lack thereof.
4: Okay, this hadn't been put to me, so thank you Priscilla for for that contribution. It's something that I, I, I'm happy to look at. Um, one way systems can improve flow, uh, but clearly when there is a problem uh, in a place the size of Gibraltar with, with limited roads, um, and one gets blocked for any reason, clearly... Priscilla's problem uh, is one that, that we need to look at. So yes it's something to, to look at as I say it's early days yet I'm gathering all these uh, uh, bits of information and hopefully we'll come up with a plan to 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 resolve as many of them as possible.
0: So John Cortez is in the studio with us for the next little while. There is a dedicated email that he'd like to uh, collect your ideas and feedback on and it's transport.ideas at Gibraltar dot gov Dot gi. That's the email uh, but if you'd like to get a question to uh, John Cortez between now and two, you can do so on our telephone number and we'll make sure that we forward it to that email. Uh, our telephone number is plus 350 266 200 and we can do it uh, via phone call or if you'd like to send us a WhatsApp message then you just need to add us once and uh, and that's an easy way to do it. Uh, Rose has been in touch, Mr Cortez. He says uh, she she says sorry that the road leading into the europa road from mount road uh, she thinks is a very dangerous junction the mirror opposite is broken and faces down so you can't see any approaching vehicles and there aren't any speed bumps either until further down the road so for years rose has felt unsafe driving in this area and asks for measures to be taken
4: Okay. Yeah, um, I wasn't aware of the that mirror being uh, broken. Um, I live quite close to that, but I don't use that junction. Um, I'll make sure it's sorted out right away. Um, speed bumps sounds, sounds uh, like an easy fix, really, doesn't it? That yeah, one. yeah, it sounds like an easy fix, and and uh, these things shouldn't happen. Um, uh, I don't know how long it's been broken, but obviously I'll take it up right away. Um, uh, speed bumps again, they're controversial, and everybody has different views. We've put news. Two new speed ramps um, at uh, Europa Road, uh, one near the old casino and one near the Loreto Convent. Um, Some people think that we don't need them and they in themselves are dangerous. uh, But I think this needs to have a look. I know exactly what Junction um, Rose is talking about. Uh, and certainly something that I will get the team to look at.
0: We're going to uh, speak to Chris in just a moment, who's an avid cyclist, but first we've had a a question about the cycle lanes from another John.
3: The cycle lane is continuing. Are they going to do away with all the parkings along Waterfront? And is the minister aware of how few people actually use the parking lane? Except for, from what I've heard, some of the Spanish workers first thing in the morning.
4: Uh, John Cortez, what would you say to that? Okay, uh, yes, yeah, cycle lanes have been controversial. Um, I think unnecessarily so, uh, and they are used uh, quite a bit. Uh, the figures are there. There's, there's a counter that 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 uh, shows uh, quite how much use how used they are. Um, And I think it doesn't really matter who uses it. If we have Spanish workers coming in and they're using cycles, um, then the fact that it's them and not anybody else doesn't make a difference. If we have the cyclists, let's keep them on the lanes. I think it's safer for everybody. I think cycle lanes are a good thing. Um, I think we really have to Uh, change the way we move around and uh, I am not at all against cycle lanes but clearly they have to be done and managed in such a way that it doesn't prejudice other users of the road. Um, But on this specific question, the idea is that there shouldn't be a loss of parking. There are two options for the next stretch of cycle lanes. One is exactly where the caller has said, which is along the front of uh, Water Gardens. And the other option is to take it across the road. um, And that is at the moment the preferred options along what is now a promenade which would be divided up to allow flow for for bicycles. Um, so we've got to do it. I think it's the right thing. It's, it's a modern uh, green city approach that the whole um, of Europe is trying to adopt, but it's got to be done in a way that it doesn't prejudice other users of the roads.
0: Thank you, John Cortez, live in the studio with us for the next little while. Uh, We've heard John, uh, uh, one of our callers, uh, say that few people use cycle lanes. Uh, We're joined on the line by Chris, who is an avid cyclist. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, Would you say that few people use the the cycle lanes, the new lanes?
3: Good afternoon and good afternoon, Uh, uh, Minister. To the contrary, uh, there is a huge increase in the use of cycling lanes. It is only two evidence and the benefits are that we see a lot of children uh, cycling to school uh, and also a lot of children that I know are going attending sporting activities at Victoria uh, Victoria Stadium uh, via the cycling lane as they live around the Beachview area, so it's quite the contrary. It's, uh, I see that there is a huge increase in, in cycling, and like the Minister rightly said, uh, it doesn't matter who uses it as long well as it's used.
0: Okay Chris I think you've got a question but bear with us for a moment Let, you're Minister for um, Education as well yep. so that must be music to your ears Yes absolutely. More, more um, students uh, cycling uh, to uh, school?
4: Students cycling to school, students walking to school a lot of them do uh, particularly if they're, they're close by and this is why we have catchment areas but even for the comprehensives which are cross catchment um, I guess I, 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 the, the more children and students who cycle or walk to school the less pressure there will be on the roads at particular times. Uh, Obviously, the the school buses also, and buses at school times are also relevant, and that's something that that we are having to look at, yeah. Okay, uh, Chris is on the line. Well, Let me
0: just put a point to you both, uh, Chris and and John Cortez, uh, that Guy has made. Guy thinks it's essential that the government continues to work on the cycle network scheme Mm -hmm. because... What has been done already has made a big difference on our roads, says Guy, who's a a, a cyclist, uses uh, his bicycle every day, and he believes it's a very... Vocal minority on social media who are always speaking out against uh, cyclists and also e-scooter riders, which perhaps are a slightly separate category we can get to in a moment. But but let me put that to to Chris and and, and you as well as as um, Transport and Traffic Minister uh, John Cortez, that it's a, a vocal minority. Do you think that's the case? Uh,
4: I I wouldn't be able to put numbers. I think it probably is a, a minority. Uh, But one has to respect minorities and has to respect their point of view. Uh, We have to do it in a sensitive way uh, in which we look at everybody's interests. But I am a believer that an improved cycling network is the right way to go. And the future will, will, I think, justify what, what we need to do.
0: Chris, what's your experience? Uh, I mean, I I tend to see a lot of back and forth, a lot of comments on social media, but I I, I don't have a sense for how many people are are engaging in those conversations.
3: Uh, Sadly, I have engaged with a few people on Facebook, and they tend to be the same people. They're just either against the party that's in power, or they're against cycling in general, or whatever. I totally agree with Guy. Uh, uh, and we need to develop that. One, one of the problems that the cyclists are encountering is that now that we have a cycling lane, unfortunately, it is a cycling lane that goes to a very specific area in Gibraltar. People who are using Langwell Road, because they live in Langwell Road, are being hooted up by cars because they say that the cyclists should use the cycling lane, except that it doesn't take them home. So that, is, that was basically the, the question that I wanted to ask The Minister, whether they they are going to develop the cycling lane, gladly I see from his responses that he is, and whether we we can incorporate uh, shared shared, uh, cycling roads where there is uh, uh, more prominent uh, uh, signs warning uh, vehicles and uh, drivers that that there are cyclists on the road, especially those fantastic 1.5 meter signs that you get all over the world uh, warning uh, drivers. And I, like I said, I do agree with Guy, and it's fantastic to hear from the minister that he's been very positive with this.
4: Yeah, look, this is a, a transition. Um, I think that that it will become uh, much more mainstream the the acceptance of of cycle lanes as people find that. Uh, they can continue uh, their lives uh, without any major alterations and people can cycle safely. Uh, I think Langwall Road is a challenge. Um, I think we have to make sure that Langwall Road is uh, safe for cyclists, but also fluid for drivers. Uh, there are alternatives uh, that we're looking at. Um, uh, we we have looked at using the lying wall as as an alternative route. I think I've got to add here that we want to encourage walking as well, Uh, and there are some lovely walks from north to south and south to north along the town, avoiding busy areas. You could virtually walk... Uh, along the parks, for example, from one end of town to the other. And this is something that I want to encourage so that people don't necessarily take the shortest route but take the safer, more scenic route. And we want to encourage walking in other ways by providing more trees to provide shade so that it's easier to walk in the summer. Um, so I think walking is another thing that I think we have to encourage and I'm sure that cyclists will agree that it is a, another very green and healthy alternative. Um, but I'm always one for finding solutions and for finding a middle ground that will work for everybody, not that will annoy everybody. Anybody who's known me at work in all the things that I've done, particularly since I've had the privilege of being a minister, knows that I try to work with everybody to find the best option, and that is exactly what I intend to do with traffic and transport.
0: Okay, Chris, we've had you on the line for a while. I appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to say in reply to that by uh, John Cortez?
3: Uh, well, other than that, we've actually, I, I belong to the Sustainable Transport Action Group, but we've actually requested a meeting, but I understand that he's very busy.
4: Chris, uh, um, Chris I know you well from welcome. from a long time, as well you know. Uh, and yeah. I'll meet you, uh, if you've asked a meeting to my team, they will be back to you. I'm I'm obviously very busy catching up with my new responsibilities, but I will see you very, very soon. No worries at all. Thank
3: you. We, we totally understand. And we were well aware that we actually said that we'll give you a long uh, grace <laughs> period of grace for you to adapt. Uh, yes. Thank Thank you, Chris. Good to hear from you. Thank Thank
0: you, Chris Nunez, for joining us live on Radio Gibraltar and GBC Television. Uh, Just to give uh, the other perspective, we've got Francis uh, among those on the comments uh, on our Facebook page. Francis says, give us back all the free parking Mm. that you took Mm. away. (laughs) Ban scooters and bicycles. Give us back the runway crossing instead and and use the tunnel only for crossing to the frontier. Your response, Mr Cortez?
4: Yeah, I, I think that, that those days are over. Uh, I think that uh, I totally respect that point of view. And My response to that is that I have to find ways of making life easier for uh, people with that view. I have to find ways of, of uh, accommodating their own demands without uh, closing off the future, which has to involve cycles and alternatives to cars. Um, so... Um, the challenge for me in response to that is how I can make people who hold this view happy again. Um I don't I, I think we have to provide parking. It's got to be safe parking, but probably not on the roadside, and there's a challenge there for me as well. But I'm very happy to meet with people like that correspondent and anybody who actually feels the opposite to what Chris was saying. Uh, And I open my doors to them. I want to hear them out and see how we can uh, satisfy their requirements as well. But there's no going back in time.
0: Okay we've had uh, a couple of people suggest that Gibraltar might consider uh, a circle line for the bus route something that goes all the way around Gibraltar via Dudley Ward tunnel uh, Vera and Guy among the people thinking that that would work well
4: Yeah I've heard that as well I think that is one of the comments that have been made uh, in the in the email uh, that 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 is out there uh, and I've heard it from other people Um, It's something that I think, I like the idea, but without delving into it and delving into the complications. uh, I think that probably additional to and not instead of some of the other routes, but I'm talking here without thorough consultation with the people in the know, uh, and I don't want to put my foot in it, so I'm listening and very, very happy to look at it as a possibility.
0: Okay, but this is uh, something which your government has been tackling for a while. And I know that you, this is yeah, you yeah. sort of oh, talking oh, about this I, issue absolutely. for the first time. I'm not,
4: yeah, there hasn't been a regime change. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and we have the STTPP and we have our active travel strategy. And you're still backing those absolutely. ideas. Absolutely. Those are all government policy documents which, which uh, have stood the test of the last general election. But I'm always open to listening to comments and new ideas, and I'm new in this game, Uh, I'm not yet an expert in this field, uh, and therefore I want to look at all this in the context of what people are are telling me that they would like to see. Okay, we've got another question, this one's from Glenn.
0: Would it be possible to try and educate uh, new drivers and have signs around town to advise drivers to keep to the right of the lanes which everybody understands that is illegal for motorbikes to overtake on the inside which is if drivers could keep further to the right then motorbikes would only be overtaking on the left in a legal fashion if you had signs up and around the place then you could actually um, educate drivers who have already got the licenses Thank you, Glenn. Uh, John Cortez?
4: OK, it, it's not just illegal, it's dangerous. And uh, we've all been overtaken on the wrong side and, and probably had near misses. So, yes, I think this is important. I need to look at how we do it. It's, it's also partly an enforcement issue, uh, but it certainly is something that I'll take note of. And, and if signs will help, then se- signs will have.
0: A number of uh, listeners suggesting that we might do more to encourage uh, foreign uh, cars, in particular, uh, to to park somewhere close to the frontier, uh, like a park and ride system, uh, to to limit. I know that uh, electric scooters. Maybe we can come to those. Have done uh, to a to 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 a fairly large extent. I think have. Um, re- reduce the number of cars coming into Gibraltar. Uh, if you look at the 15,000 cross frontier workers, I think most of them now are coming uh, either on foot, on, on a scooter, or on uh, on bicycles. There is still an element of, of motorbikes, but I think that uh, difficulties with finding parking spaces and the ease with which you can um, find a spot for your bicycle or e-scooter or normal scooter, by comparison, I think has seen we have seen a significant shift.
4: Yeah, yeah I think so, uh, and... and E-scooters are also controversial. I I happen to think that well-policed and well-regulated, they do improve by reducing congestion and reducing pollution. And if they use cycle lanes, which they do, then it clearly reduces congestion in those areas where we have cycle lanes. Uh, yeah, uh, park and ride has been something that's been talked about for a long time. The devil Star Car Park was once destined for that. It's now used for other purposes, including providing parking for residents of the North District, which, which I think is important. Um, and there is talk of possible uh, car parking facilities in the proximity of the frontier, uh, and this is something that is being looked at, but I, I can't commit any further because it's early days yet.
0: OK, we've had a, a lot of development in the in the North District in recent mm. years. Beachview Terraces, uh, among other, uh, we've got Hassan Centenary Terraces now that people are, are moving into. Stephanie thinks that you definitely need to increase the frequency of buses yeah. uh, for route number 8, because yeah. she says in the morning it fills up at uh, Beachview Terraces uh, and can't pick up anybody yeah. else until it drops off at Casemates.
4: Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, but obviously I've been hearing this over the last few weeks I haven't had time to do anything about it I've heard comments about that and, and the whole east side thing which perhaps a circular route might help uh, and also buses at uh, school times which which are full and, and we need to look at how we can improve that absolutely something that we need to look at and, and try and resolve
0: OK and um, before we wrap up John there's two further questions if I can and I'd ask you for fairly punchy answers mm-hmm. Um It sounds like traffic and transport is
4: more problematic and is going to be more of a headache than culture was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and culture was much more fun. I'm hoping that I'll get to enjoy this one but there we go it's my responsibility and I'll have to deal with it occasionally I'll still get invited to some dance shows para lo bueno y para lo malo que vamos a eso me ha puesto aqui el pueblo I belong to them and uh, <laughs> uh, uh yeah uh, here here and uh, uh public
0: service is, is public service right and um responsible as well you are for fostering
4: ties with Morocco yeah this is the most exciting part this is probably what replaced culture as my most exciting bits um no seriously um uh, in that I look at improving uh the, the condition and and the, the, the way that the Moroccan uh, community um, lives in Gibraltar and also in increasing ties, cultural, social and economic, ties. I think there are great economic and commercial uh, possibilities and great potential and you'll be hearing a lot about how we're developing our ties with Morocco in the coming weeks and months.
0: Okay, we look forward to to hearing more and discussing it with you. John Cortez, we're going to give the the last word to an 89-year-old listener uh, whose name we did not catch, but thank you. Uh, Let's hear what she has to say.
2: I'm 89- but I sit every day and listen to the young man who I don't know who he is. It's not a personal matter. It's a question of the actual program. So that's my comment.
0: Okay, well, hopefully you'll have enjoyed today's program as well because uh, John Cortez has certainly uh, brought uh, energy and and thank you for answering so many questions and and thank you to our listeners for for getting in touch. We'll we'll speak to you again soon, I'm sure.